Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Welcome back, friends. We're so glad you're here today for a great conversation with Lee Summit mom and author, Liesl Hayes. Before we jump into that, we want to take a minute to thank our episode sponsor, the Johnson County Library. Summer reading at Johnson County Library kicks off Saturday, June 4th. Get ready for oceans of possibilities. Summer reading is an initiative that aims to promote reading and literacy to children, teens, and adults. You can find out more at jocolibrary.org backslash summer reading. And in preparation for today's episode, I have been reading Liesl's book. Um, I told her off the record before we started the interview that I feel like I'm interviewing a celebrity, which I'm sure she just loved, but it's the truth. Um, I just absolutely loved her book, connected with it so much. Um, And it's just really cool to be able to actually read a book and then talk with the author. Um, I don't know if I've ever had that experience. So I hope you enjoy our interview today as much as Sarah and I did. Let's get started. Hi, Liesl. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Good. How are, how are you, my friend? I am doing so good this morning, minus the fact that you and I just talked about how we have not caffeinated ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I was running a little behind today and the coffee would, did not make it. Um, it didn't make it. It didn't make the cut today, which is unfortunate. I feel the same way. And I also think that if you know, this episode doesn't end up being as awesome as we want it to be. We can totally <laughs> blame the caffeine. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Liesl, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to um, chat with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about you, just a little bit about you and your family? Sure, absolutely. So I like to say that life really starts when you agree to write your own story. Mm-hmm. And For a number of years, I very much lived all of the stories that I thought everyone else needed me to live for them. And I think we all do this Mm -hmm. frequently. There are expectations that are placed on us and we fall into really just compromising who we are, little decision by little decision. So in 2016, I had reached this place in my life where I was working 60 hours a week at my corporate job. And I had little time for my family and the things that really mattered. And so I left my corporate job in 2016 and decided to start writing my own story as an author and an inn owner and a mom and a wife and all the things. So I live out that story now with my partner, Harlan, and our two kiddos, Maddie and Ethan, who are now 12 and 13, which is like, oh my gosh. So Um, they're starting like the teenage years, but they still like me current state. So that's, that's the good (laughs) thing. We could do a whole separate podcast on that age. 
and you giving us all the tips. So Lisa, yeah. I have a question. How do you know when, so you're at your corporate job mm-hmm. and you're compromising, you know, who you are little by little, which I think is kind of a slow burn. Like, how yeah. did you know this is not me? It's mm. a good question. Well, you know, for me, I was sitting in a glass office across from my manager and she told me that she knew that I was having an affair with one of my coworkers at work. Mm. And yes, I'm sure some of you are thinking like, lady, is this seriously the moment you realized you weren't living your truest life? And I will tell you, (laughs) it really was like, yeah, I remember sitting in my chair and like grasping the bottom of my seat because like the worst thing about me was sitting in between us. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is not who I want to be. Like, this mm-hmm. is not the life I want to live. This is not how I want to show up. And this is the result of me compromising myself in in little bites over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's my story. I hope that everyone's el- else's is a little more gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I think it's, you know, I don't know, somebody pointing out obviously that is a, an a, that's a big one. Um an affair obviously, but I think anytime somebody kind of holds a mirror up, you know, and puts it out into the world, it's like that's when it becomes real sometimes. Um Definitely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you wrote a book that is absolutely wonderful, um, called broken, changed and rearranged. Um, that I just finished reading and, um, it was amazing. So Thank you. yeah, you're welcome. Very welcome. Um, so kind of maybe an obvious question, but what led you to write a book? Because I kept thinking as I was reading it, I was thinking like, okay, would I have actually like written a book about this? I don't know. Like, I feel like it was such a brave thing to do to share your story in the way you did. So what made you be like, I'm going to write a book about this. You mean you don't want to share the worst part of your story <laughs> out in a book for everyone to read? I mean, I, I just seriously, like I, really I feel like it's so brave, like seriously, so brave. Um, no, but it's such a good question. And I'm, I will tell you this. So I have always known that I was a writer and yeah. it's funny because Sarah and I knew each other in our <laughs> younger years. And I've always been very involved in theater and the arts and writing and writing for me as a child was really a form of therapy. Like I was someone who journaled, I wrote short stories, poems, all the things. And I would set up like, you know, my stuffed animals and like read them stories. So they were very entertained by um, all of my all of my endeavors, obviously. Um, But for me, I always knew I wanted to write a book because I've always been a writer. And it was just a matter of finding the right topic. And I will tell you that Broken, Changed, and Rearranged was not supposed to happen. I actually started writing a book called Change Deviance, which focused predominantly on just the behaviors that high-performing individuals really embrace when they're when they're going through change in their lives. And I had interviewed so many people for this book. I did a nerdy qualitative analysis and 
realized like 50,000 words in that I was writing the wrong book, that this was not the book Mm. I was supposed to write. And every time I would sit down and write Change Deviance, this leadership book, the topic of my affair would always come to the surface. Like I would just start writing about it. Yeah. And I remember sitting on my back porch and like surrendering to God, universe, whoever you believe in. But for me, like, I just remember saying, is this really what you want for me to share the worst part of my life out loud? Like, is that, is that a real thing? Mm -hmm. And the answer was just, it was a resounding yes in my spirit. And it, it was the right thing for me to write, yeah. but it took me a while to get there. Yeah. I just, again, I've said brave like 50 times. I just felt like that's the word that kept coming to my mind as I was reading. I'm like, wow, it's just amazing. Okay. So tell us, so going off of the title of the book, can you tell us a little bit about like, what did the broken season in your life, what did that look like? So In the book, I really describe broken as seeing the world in black and white and shades of gray. So for Mm -hmm. me, I'm not a huge fan of winter. Some people love winter. (laughs) I don't like winter either. But like winter in Kansas City, it's not kind, right? You Mm -hmm. all know that. Mm -hmm. Some people love it. I don't. Now, for me, a winter period is when the world is giving you signs that you're just in the wrong direction. And for me, feeling broken, knowing that we are not broken, but I felt broken mm-hmm. was, it's hard for me to get up every day. It's hard for me to find purpose. It's hard for me to do the things that I know I should do, like show up for my kids, empty the dishwasher, just be a fully human person. And I think in that phase, I just really struggled with putting together the steps to get through this really dark period in my life. So that's what it was like for me. I think we do all experience like different phases of brokenness. I think, I think, and I hope that I won't experience one quite as extreme as I did that time. But I do think that we often as moms and women experience points in our lives where we're like, okay, this is not working. Mm -hmm. This is, this is no longer the direction I need to be going in. And, you know, sometimes we choose to double down in the wrong direction. And other times we make the decision to, do something different, but we've, we've all been in both situations where we double down or we decide that we need a change. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, okay. So when you were, you know, kind of at your low point and I kept thinking about this too, as I was reading, um, I was like, oh my gosh, like what did, what did her friends think? Oh my gosh. What did her, you know, what did her family think? So what did, like, what did your friendships look like? through that, through that time? And how do your friendships compare from then to now? 
So there's a chapter in the book where I talk about crisis proof friends Mm -hmm. and the people who show up for you when you are going through a crisis are like the truest loves of your life. And I, I tell people that because I think when things are going really well and our lives are great on the outside, people flock to us, right? Like we have friends who want to hang out with us and and they enjoy the good times with us. They like the driveway drinks and the parties <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with having good time friends and, and those people, because I will tell you, I think that we all need to make space for those people in our lives. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's really important when you're going through crisis, it very quickly tells you Who cares about you and who doesn't on a deep level? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not, it's not that the people that are your good time friends are bad. They're not bad. We all need them. But I think it's important for us to understand who are those core people for me that are going to show up for me regardless of where I am. And for me, after going through crisis, I will prioritize those friends over my good time friends any given day Mm -hmm. because I know that our bond is, is deeper than driveway drinks and parties and good times, you know? Yeah. I think that a lot of us experience that just with the pandemic. I mean, I feel like I can relate to that without, you know, I don't have a dramatic story, but just you know, the last couple of years, it's friendships have changed and mm-hmm. have definitely like been able to separate out. It's like everybody was the kind crisis of, proof. Yes. Everybody's been kind of like put through a colander. Not everybody <laughs> made it through. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't know. And I think too, I think that, um, and I love your, I love your terms like good time friends and then crisis proof. I think that I don't know how you feel, Liesl, but I feel like with such like limited time and energy, like, I don't know where you even fit in like good time friends, you know, unless you're, I don't know. I don't know. Unless you feel that expectation to be with that group. Yes. And I think, like you said, the pandemic really forced us to really sift through who those people are. I think that's really important even though the pandemic was hard, it, it is something that we glean from it or learn from it. And mm-hmm. I think as we get older and we are doing all the things, mm-hmm. we have a lot less time to prioritize good time friends. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember somebody told me at one point that like not all friends are meant for every season of your life. And that, you know, it's not like a bad negative thing. Like I feel the need sometimes to like hang on to every single friendship because I feel like that's like a, like a bad mark on me as a person or a friend to let people go. But that's just kind of, I think that's how it's supposed to be. I think you're hitting on something so important because I think we struggle with this idea of, well, this person has been my best friend for this period of time. Yep. Or, you know, I've known this person since high school, or I've known this person since college, or when my first daughter was born, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think the quicker we are able to accept that there are some people in our lives who are truly meant 
for us in a season of life, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the friendship wasn't beautiful Mm -hmm. and exactly what you needed at any given point in time. But, you know, things change, you change, you evolve, and it's okay for us to recognize that, you know, I'm not helping you be the best version of you and you're not helping me be the best version of me. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like this awful thing. It's just, maybe there's a time period we need a break. Yeah. And maybe we'll meet up again when like, there's another change or we're in rhythm or we're, we're in the same, just the same sink, you know? Were you like during kind of your crisis time, were you, were you expecting those friends to show up for you and then experience disappointment that they didn't or kind of what was that like? Cause I just was visualizing, like I have like your neighborhood in my brain, like where you guys lived. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you know, like everybody hanging out together, everybody sitting on their driveways, people's kids playing together. Like, I just can't imagine being surrounded by that. Um, and, expecting those people to be there for me and then maybe that not being the reality. Is that what, is that kind of what you experienced? Oh, absolutely. And I wish I could tell you that like evolved Liesl right now could have handled that situation then, but I needed that experience to become who I am. And so for me, it was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think the reason why it was heartbreaking is because you all get this. Mm -hmm. We are so busy and our neighbors are oftentimes just, it's easy to get together with them, right? We can come Mm -hmm. home, we can hang out on the driveway, bring the kids over, have them play. And the invitations just stopped. Like people just stopped inviting us to things and it felt massively hurtful. Like I know it wasn't personal, but it felt really personal to me. Yeah. So what did that reconciliation look like if there was any with the friends and then your husband too, just how, Mm -hmm. what did that part of this, you know, changed season for you, you know, feel like, you know, new neighbors have moved in. So that helps. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes that's all you need. (laughs) Yeah. Cause again, part of your story was you guys ended up moving bought an inn, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, so yeah. So was there to Sarah's question, like, was there reconciliation with those friends or was it just like, well, see ya. No, there greener wasn't. pastures. There wasn't reconciliation, but I also think part of that was on me and mm-hmm. I don't feel bitter or upset or hurt anymore. I think I just feel like, you know, it was a difficult time and I felt very alone and you couldn't show up for me and that's fine. But I don't think I can go back to the way that it was because Mm -hmm. that was such a critical point in my life that I'm just a different person on the other side. And so I, I harbor like no hard feelings at all. And I know that we just hadn't established close enough relationships for, for them to show up for me during that time. But yes, it's massive. It was massively hurtful, but I also think I feel at peace about it and I'm sure they do too. I hope they do. 
Mm-hmm. I hope they feel at peace about it. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. All that, like that's just the social piece of that is just big, you know? It's hard because we all desire community, right? Yeah. We all desire well, feeling like we belong, especially in our own neighborhood, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and it just, you know, to have something like, I feel like the way you described where you lived, the friends that you had, it sounded so like picturesque, um, which you speak to that too, with the social media stuff, which we could talk about that all day too. Um, I don't know. It's just to have that basically like blown up is kind of how I view it. Not to be negative, but it's like, that's how I view it. It's like, it just be blown up. And it's not negative at all. I mean, it was, it was I mean, my life blew up. Yeah. Everything blew up. And at the end of the day, it was what I needed to get to where I am now. But that doesn't mean that the process didn't suck. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sucked. Like, if we're just being candid. I mean, yeah. I I kind of thrive on being candid, if you noticed. Oh, yeah. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> I think it, like, catches people off guard sometimes. But, I mean, it's refreshing. You know? Yes. I wish that we could all show up as our whole selves, like safely with Mm -hmm, people. mm -hmm. And I know that's not the case. I mean, that's not the world and it's fine. I just feel like my life would be way easier. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel like some peace though, just having your story out there? So when you do form new friendships or meet new people, it's like, Hey, this is, this is my story and this is kind of who I am and take it or leave it. Like, I feel like you already have, like, I hate to use the dumb analogy of a colander, but it's like, it's like built in now, you know? Yeah. It's totally built in. And what is so funny to me is I always say that I want to start like an introvert networking group where we all Mm -hmm. just like write our own um, memoirs and then we just like pass them around and share them. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool. (laughs) And, you know, I think for me, putting it out there in the world felt freeing because it was me saying, I accept myself for my imperfections. Mm -hmm. My partner accepts me for my imperfections. And so, so do my family. So does my family. Mm -hmm. And we're okay with this story. Yeah. I would love to invite you into our little circle and you be okay with our story, but we're okay with it. And it felt surprisingly like taking my power back in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. where I was owning my own story. And I did, I even, both of my children have read my book as well, which I know (laughs) there's a lot of moms out there that are like, really? And I'm like, yes, but I said, I would rather give it to them and talk Mm -hmm. to them about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's out in the world. They could go read it if they want to. So why not let them hear it from me? You know? Yeah. No, I think that's wonderful. So Liesl, what has, have you had, I mean, affairs are, I mean, a deep topic for lots of people and I'm sure your story is triggering to some and, you know, different ways like positive and negative Mm -hmm. um have you had reactions like that of maybe people who aren't as forgiving or accepting of your story and the way you show up afterward and how do you Mm. deal with that Mm -hmm. great question yeah so the reactions I get 
or all across the board sometimes. I have had people go back and forth with me over like if an affair is in the past and you didn't tell your partner or your spouse about it, should they be able to hear that story? And, you know, there are a lot of people who keep these secrets locked away their whole lives. And I am not here sitting as the judge of all things. Um, I personally believe that like to experience true connection and belonging that we have to show up as our whole selves with Mm -hmm. our partners and our friends. And so for me, it wasn't so much about him or like the fear of him knowing it was more the fear of giving him the choice and that he would say, I'm not okay with this and we need to separate. But I also think if we're being fair to our partners, like we have to give them the right to choose because we Mm -hmm. made an agreement in our relationship that we were not going to obviously have other partners. And so for me, it was like a violation of something that I had made a promise to someone about. And so for me, I very much feel like it's important to talk through these things. Not everyone agrees with me and that is totally okay. So I do get a lot of people who will share that with me. That people, that people, sorry, Liesl, not to interrupt you, um, but to interrupt you. Okay. You said talking through things that people are not okay with that. What do you mean by that? Well, I have had a lot of people who will say I had an affair on my spouse and it's, it's in the past. Like it happened, you know, several years ago and I just don't think there's a point in bringing it up. Oh, I see. Okay. 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 No, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yes. Again, lack of coffee. So the processing's a little slower on my end. Well, I think it was lack of coffee on mine too, because I'm not (laughs) sure I explained that very well. That's okay. okay. No, that makes, that makes complete sense. Like what's the point in discussing it anymore when it's, it already happened, it's done. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I will say overall, like what I get from people is like a resounding me too. Yeah. I think when you have an affair, you oftentimes think you're like the only person in the world who's had one, which is so stupid, right? That doesn't even make any sense as I say it out loud. But I think because I have had the freedom of sharing my hard story out loud, Mm -hmm. other people feel invited to share their story with me. Mm -hmm. And I treasure that. And I really do like it's one of my favorite things about being an author is like the emails I get from people that just share their heart about something hard. And sometimes they just need to get it out first with someone they don't know. And Mm -hmm. then that way, Mm -hmm. you know, they can hopefully muster up enough courage to be brave and have the conversation with, with the people they need to, you know? Yeah. It's really good. So Liesl, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, whether it's an affair or a corporate job or um, whatever it is, motherhood, you know, in mm-hmm. our listeners, what would your advice be to those listeners who are listening and, you know, maybe they, your story has similarities or just the, you know, things you're saying, how do they get unstuck and how do they you know, change and rearrange. Mm -hmm. So I think 
one of the most integral things for me ever was to really sit down and think about who I was outside of all of my roles in the world. So I think when people ask us, you know, what do you do? Or tell me about yourself. We immediately go to, well, I'm weasel. I'm, you know, 39 years old. I have two kids. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, a couple of dogs. I'm a mom, I'm a worker. And, and, and those are hats that we all wear at different points in our lives and they're important and they are a part of who we are. However, I think it's important to do internal work and really figure out who am I outside of all of those things. So for me, how do I show up in every single role or hat that I wear? So for instance, for me, I'm a word artist. I am a truth teller. I am an inspirer. And my goal is to allow people to show up as, as their whole selves. Like that, that is how I parent. That is how I love. Um, that is how I show up in every job that I do. And so I think we get very stuck in the roles and the hats that we wear that we haven't really spent the time to think about who am I outside of all of those things? Because once those things are gone, you know, our kids eventually grow up. Yes, I'm a mom, but now I'm an empty nester. I think we have these moments of crisis because we've defined ourselves based on the hats yeah. versus who I am while I'm wearing all the hats. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. So if you're talking to a mom who is running her kids, you know, around a daycare, sports activities, and, you know, collapses into bed exhausted at night, like, where does she start <laughs> um, when there's no time and no, you know, we can talk about self-care and getting a massage and things like no. that. And that's pretty, <laughs> that's no. pretty easy. <laughs> but what is this true, like, how do you start if you're yeah. at that no. point? That's such a good question. And mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. Self-care is oftentimes like equated to getting a massage or a pedicure. And yes, those things are self-care. I get that. Mm -hmm. But I think 95% of self-care exists outside of that. Yes. Because like you said, as moms, mm -hmm. we're picking up kids from daycare. We collapse into bed. We're, we're workers. We're doing all the things. And what I would tell someone in a situation where their lives are just packed full of everything is I would say, start small mm -hmm. and do one thing today. That's for you. And that doesn't mean that it has to be get a massage or get a pedicure. It can be, you know what, when my kids want to control the radio in the car and I really yeah. just want to listen to like my nineties jam music, <laughs> like today is the day mm -hmm. where I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to control the radio today and we're going to listen to 90s music. Don't lose yourself in the hats that you wear. Show up for yourself in small ways. If it's, I just need five minutes before I go to bed to read a book, to read my book all by myself, do that, do that thing. And then you'll start collecting these things. You'll start showing up for yourself in a small a small way every single day. And then eventually you'll put all these things together and you're like, oh my gosh, this week I 
I did a handful of things that were for me and I worked them into the, the life that I love and the life that matters mm -hmm. also. My like, last of it, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, and then you realize that like life continues, like the world didn't stop because you took back that radio, you know, like <laughs> yes. the world goes on and it's, and you're a happier person. I mean, at least for me, when I do those, you know, small things sometimes. One of the other really big things that was helpful for me is we all just walk around with a, with way too much mom guilt. And I think mm -hmm. there are these expectations that we put on ourselves that our kids don't actually have for us. Yeah. And I'm going to give you an example of one of the first things that I said no to. Mm. So I was my daughter's Girl Scout troop leader. And you can ask Sarah, I am the least outdoorsy person. Like, <laughs> like I love nice hotels. <laughs> I really love like sleeping in a bed. And my daughter was interested in Girl Scouts. And I was like, you know what? I am going to go all in and I am going to like be the Girl Scout troop leader and like show up for my daughter in that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I didn't do? Camp. I didn't ask my daughter if she wanted me <laughs> to show up for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember sitting down with her and just saying, hey, love, like, I've been thinking. I don't really love being your Girl Scout troop leader. <laughs> I'm supportive of you. So like, do you want me to keep doing this? Do you, how do you feel? And she's like, mom, I don't, I don't need you to be the troop leader. She's like, I just need you to take me to the Girl Scout meetings and like show up for me during the parent things. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we put this guilt sometimes on ourselves or we place expectations on ourselves that our children don't even have of us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a legal. That's a, that's a recurring conversation with my therapist is, um, yes. guilt things and with my kids. And she always reminds me, and this is so helpful. Um, she always says, go off of the feedback you're getting from your kids. So, I mean, that's so simple, but like, like you sitting down and being like, Hey, do you care? You know, do you want me to do this? And a lot of times we're surprised that, you know, the expectations that we think they have, they don't have, or they don't care at all. So it's, we do it to ourselves, which is just, you know, maddening. So on the other side, I have a child who yesterday said, well, some of the parents came for the last five minutes to hear the performances <laughs> and I really wanted you there. <laughs> Hey, but you know what, though? That's feedback. That's feedback. So next time you will be there. You'll be you'll be oh front God, row next time with your camcorder. Why? I really you? just love that you just said camcorder. Girl, yes, with a tripod. So right now. Camcorder. Oh, my gosh. Liesl, that's so good. So good. So, Liesl, where can people find your book? And I know that you appear at book clubs and have events. Where is the best way for people to find out about that? Definitely. So you can go to my website. It's LieselHayes.com. It's, you know, the nice thing about having a really weird name is that no one is going to steal my URL. That's <laughs> true. LieselHayes.com. And there's actually a book tab as well. So the book okay. is available through all major retailers. Like you can buy it at Amazon. You okay. can buy it at indie bookstores. So whatever your flavor is, you can find, you know, supporting local if you want to, or your Amazon, like two click and it shows up at your door. Yep. 
And then you can also follow me on social at facebook.com, Liesl Hayes author. Okay. And also on Instagram at Liesl.Hayes. Okay, great. And we'll, we'll link to all that too in, um, in our show notes so that people can easily find you. Um, I am already, I've been stalking you for some time and I highly recommend it to others. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I also highly recommend your book. Seriously. It was wonderful. I am, I'm more of an audio listener. Um, I'm not a pick up a hard copy book and I blew through your book. Um, it was an easy read and it was just, was so I talk, I could talk about it for a long time. I loved it. She so, also has lots of sticky notes sticking um, out of the book. Liesl, you should see your book. Your book. It has oh, lots you of need to send me a picture. neon would, green sticky notes that. sticking out of it. So I, and I wrote all over it and yeah. So thank you. Thank you for writing it. Thank you for just your honesty and vulnerability. That's, I feel like we, that's what we need in the world, especially in the mom world. Um, and we just thank you so much for your time today. You were thank you. a joy. It was so great to talk to you both. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay, Sarah, we have made it to spring finally in Kansas City. What is, um, do you have any favorite things for the month of May or in general springtime? I am loving right now um, the remodel of Cafe Equinox at Family oh, Tree Nursery. Yes. And yes. it is at the Shawnee location, um, like 70th and Neiman. Okay. And I always meet my friend from the Northland here because it's kind of like a easy on the highway for both of us Mm -hmm. but if you haven't been the remodel is fantastic much more seating um it's now open seven days a week so um they have you know some food options great drinks um you get to you know have your coffee or whatever it is in a setting you like in a greenhouse so lots of sunshine and plants and it's like the it's happiest just, place it is such a happy place so it's like i really love it health little getaway to go there and get coffee and literally walk around and look at the plants yes and perfect time to pick and they up have a plants koi, koi pond right i think they do they have so much fun stuff they there. have a koi pond because i remember the last time i took my son there i was like oh well this is fun yeah you i go to a different i go to a different location for my plants okay, okay closer to my house but yes. then i go to the shawnee location for my coffee so happy equinox okay so mine is similar but different we are on a plant trip apparently on this podcast <laughs> um mine is also bot- botany related um <laughs> mine's the overland park arboretum which is way out south but worth the drive um so it is open from nine to five every day you can get a membership, so obviously it'd be free, but it is free for under age six. And then it's just a dollar entry for ages six to 12, $3 for 13 and up. Um, they do have free days. They used to do every Tuesday. They no longer are doing that, but I will um, include in the show notes. The next free day is June 1st. So mark your calendar. You can all go for free. Um, another cool thing that they do is they are giving, Sarah told me this, I had never heard of it. Um, they have an education team that puts together monthly kits for your family that are, um, to learn about and enjoy nature, the season, and just to be creative as a family. You can pick those up on the first of the month at the ticketing kiosk. Um, they have a suggested donation of $5 and then they also have a limited supply. So don't wait 
and or call before you go. Um, but it's just such a fun place to go walk around, kind of be out in nature. My son um, loves the trains there. They have trains that are pretty cool. They have a children's garden, um, lots of trails. So you can make it a short trip or you can make it a long trip. So highly recommend. Okay. Um, what we have coming up, kind of our, our um, housekeeping, we have another podcast meetup coming that we are so excited about. Um, it will be on May 22nd, which is a Sunday Mm -hmm. from two to 4 PM, um, at Boulevard downtown in the smokestack room. And when you come in those front doors, just ask, um, the host or hostess and they can direct you where to go. Um, I know that can be kind of, um, anxiety provoking to go meet people and you have no idea where you're going. So ask, um, and we will be there with smiling faces to hang out with you and meet you. Um, and Boulevard is providing us with the first round of drinks. Yes. Right. Yes, they are. Um, I love the quirks. Yep. They have lots of new quirk flavors. Quirk on tap. Quirk on tap. I don't know if they have fling on tap, but they have, they probably have the cans. And let me tell you my friends, the flings are next level. I've always been more of a cork person, but I've tried the new flings and they are so good. So, so, so good. Poor Sarah can't enjoy those right now, but she will. I will enjoy to... the, isn't it Polly's pop? They have. Yes. You can get some, I will have some, a, some a pop. soda, some <laughs> soda. And, um, and then you can take part. Yeah. Sorry, we had a lot of, a lot of fun at the last one and it was really fun. Met a lot of moms that were brave and came to meet um, new people. And I think it was totally worth it. So we'd love to see yes. more of you there. Yes. And if week. you have any questions um, about that event at all, just email us at kcmcpodcast at gmail.com and we can um, connect that way. So we hope to see you there and we hope you're enjoying spring and the end of the school year madness. Hang in there and we will see you next time on our next episode. We want to thank um, our episode sponsor again, Johnson County Library. Uh, They will be diving into the ocean of possibilities this summer with both virtual and in-person programs. Oceans of Possibilities is the theme for this year's summer reading. It will kick off with a series of virtual events on Saturday, June 4th. Youth-centered June programs will be offered virtually or outdoors, which include story times, which I'm very excited they're bringing back. Youth Book Clubs, Special Feature Storytime with Deborah Lee Rose, 123 Andres Live, and A Penguin Encounter with Kansas City Zoo, and Juneteenth Programs and Offerings. The fun continues with opportunities to get creative with the youth sticker design and poetry contests. Summer reading books will be distributed at each library location this year during the month of June only. Branches will be offering one free book, which is amazing, per family, a uh, member beginning June 1st and concluding June 30th. So don't forget about that. Don't forget to stop by any library in June and July and pick up your reading log or download one from the website at jocolibrary.org backslash summer reading to check out all the exciting events this summer. We are so grateful that you were here today and we um, are wishing you the best through May and the end of school year madness. Hang in there and we will catch you next time on our next episode. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.